Hi, everybody. I have some exciting news. I am launching a Substack. I know. I keep telling you how I'm not a writer, and I'm still not a writer, but I am going to be writing about reading over on Substack. The Substack is called Unstacked, and you can find it at tracythomas.substack.com. There will be free options every Friday. There'll be a bunch of weekly roundups, announcements, all the shit I'm into. And then if you want to upgrade yourself to the paid subscription, I'm going to have author interviews, bonus episodes, anticipated reads, book pairings, community chats, all sorts of stuff. So, If that sounds like something you'd be into, go to tracythomas.substack.com and join Unstacked. And of course, I've got a special offer for you. If you go to tracythomas.substack.com slash the stacks 10, you get 10% off your first year membership of Unstacked. You have from now until April 4th to redeem. Again, that's tracythomas.substack.com slash the stacks 10 for 10% off Unstacked. Okay, that's enough. Let's listen to this episode. Welcome back to The Stacks. I am your host here, Tracy Thomas. This week, I'm excited to have our guest, Lauren Fanella, and I will get to that in a moment. But first, my little housekeeping. First things first, I want to remind you all to subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. If you're listening to us through Apple Podcasts, please rate and review the show. It's super easy and it goes a long way. Our most recent rating comes from RCMCC. She says, or he says, I love that even if you don't read the book being reviewed, you can still enjoy the intro episode that discusses books and reading in general. Makes me think about what motivates me to read. And so far, the book picks have been outstanding. Thank you so much, RCMCC. Like I said, guys, it's super easy to rate and review the show, so I would really appreciate it if you would take the time to do that. Okay, that's our sponsors. Another thing that I want to bring to your attention is our Patreon. Patreon is a way for you to contribute to this show, help us keep the lights on the website up, and keep us producing content that you love. And in exchange, you get exclusive awesome perks. You're going to be finding out who our guests are in advance. You'll have priority to ask questions to our guests, help us pick future upcoming Stacks Book Club picks. It's a really, really cool thing. So, Go to patreon.com slash the stacks, decide how much you're able to contribute to this show, and then feel really good knowing that you're helping to make independent content that you love. Also, you can say you're officially a member of the Stacks Pack. Our most recent member of the Stacks Pack is Rich Casey. Lastly, for some of you, I get a lot of questions about what's an upcoming book or where should I go to find out more about what's going on at the Stacks. Super easy. All you do is go to www.thestackspodcast.com. I post every book, upcoming guests, all that stuff there on the website and also on our Instagram account at thestackspod.com. So you can find all the stuff that's going on you know, ask questions, send messages, get in contact with me. Um, all of that is there and it's super easy for you. Okay. Let's talk about it. This week, our guest is Lauren Fanella. Lauren is a reader. If you're familiar with Bookstagram, which is a little corner of Instagram that's all about books and reading, you've probably heard of Lauren Fanella. She goes by the name of Literary Lauren underscore and is loved for her reviews on all of all different kinds of books, but she really focuses on women-centered literary fiction. Lauren is super fun and super great, and you're going to be totally interested and weirded out and confused and excited by what Lauren does for her job because it's not at all what you think. So without much more intro, I'm going to let you listen to my conversation with Lauren Fanella all about books. 
All right, guys, we are here with Lauren Fanella. Lauren is a Los Angeles-based reader, which is not her job, but it's her like identity. And Lauren um, is also known as, for those of you who are on Bookstagram, at literary Lauren underscore. Hi, Lauren. Hi, Tracy. How's it going? So good. We're so excited you're here. I was already gushing. I was like, I can't wait to have a real serious reader on the show. So welcome. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here. Do you want to introduce yourself better than I just did? <laughs> uh, so my name is Lauren. I grew up in Moorpark, California, which is in Ventura County. So it's a little bit north of LA, actually. So I grew up there. I went to college in San Luis Obispo at Cal Poly Slow. I got a degree in biology, actually. Um, but currently I work as a buyer for a company that does foreign military logistics. So I work on sourcing old legacy parts for countries all over the world. So it's aircraft components, electronic components, all types of stuff. So it's really research-based. So I'm doing a lot of reading to uh, figure out what exactly I'm procuring for the government. So it doesn't really have to do with reading. No, reading is not, not at all. No, not at all. But reading is my passion outside of work. So Okay. Yeah. So you are a reader by joy, a military buyer by... <laughs> profession. Yes. <laughs> and how did you get into that work? So I actually just came across it when I was job hunting out of college and it sounded really interesting how it was described was as you're a parts detective and that's something I really like about my job is it's you're given limited information and you have to figure out exactly what the customer is looking for. And so it's, you kind of go down the rabbit hole of figuring it out. Um, you know, it can be all these specifications and whatnot. And so I really like the problem solving aspect for it. So that's kind of what I like about it the best, but I kind of have a passion to pursue supply chain in other fields. So it's helping me give uh, my foot in the door basically okay. with it. So it. yeah. And do you read mystery detective books? I actually don't really read those type of <laughs> You're books. like, no, I do it in my day-to-day. -day. I did. I used to, actually, when um, I was younger, but now I don't as much. Because so. you're living it. Yes. They I'm should write a book about you. Are, is your job interesting enough to have a book written about it, do you think? Um, I don't think so. It's like an <laughs> it's okay. office job. So okay. Good. Okay. Got it. So yeah. you're not like in the field with like tanks. Right. No. I mean, that would be cool, but I'm not. So. You're not. Okay. Yeah. Got it. All right. Well, so by day you do that, by the rest of your day you read and you read a lot. And I, you know, was snooping on your Goodreads and I happened to see that you have a goal this year to read a hundred books. Yes. Have you read a hundred books before? No, actually I haven't. Last year I read 93. So I was really, <laughs> yes. So close. I was so bummed. I didn't set out last year to set, read a hundred books. I set out to read, I think 50 or 60. And so I was like, I think I actually can get to 100, and I didn't, unfortunately. And I didn't want to just speed read a bunch of right, short like books short at books. the end. Yeah. I, I wanted it to be legitimate, so I was happy with 93. So this year, I felt I could definitely do 100 books. Are you on track? Yes. I currently, just I think, point. have read 59, 58. Okay, so you're ahead of schedule. So I'm ahead of schedule. I'm hoping maybe for 120, but I'll be pleased with 100. 120? So. Are you kidding me? Oh, my God. My goal this year was 36, and mm -hmm. then I, like, have been reading more than I anticipated, so I upped my goal to 52, 
and I think I'm like 37 in, but I feel like a hundred seems nearly impossible to me. Yeah. You can totally do 52 though if you're at Yeah. I'm, I'm on track yeah. for 52. Yeah. I had, I, once I kind of like saw that I was on track, I mm-hmm. slid in a book that took me like two full weeks to read. It was oh, really okay. hard. But I was like, oh, I have time. Like, I'm ahead of schedule. So June, I really, like, took a I – ba- I slowed down to read Medical Apartheid, which I'm glad that I read. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't have read it if I was behind the ball on 52, which is kind of like a weird thing about reading goals is sometimes you – like, do you find that you flub? Yeah, actually, <laughs> I was just thinking since I am a little ahead of schedule, I was like, I think I can read a, some bigger books right now. So I have a couple that I – I'm planning on reading that are a little bit longer because like I, which ones? Um, a brief history of seven killings by Ooh, Marlon James. Yes. I started it, um, but I need to really get into it. I've gotten a little sidetracked with some other books, but that book is pretty big. And so. it takes a while because it's written in a bunch of different Jamaican <laughs> dialects, mm-hmm. and so. Sometimes I was like having to read out loud to myself because I was like, what is he saying? (laughs) Yeah. And I noticed the huge character list at the beginning of the book and I was immediately overwhelmed by how many characters are in there. Yeah. So that's going to take some time to really, but it's really good. You should definitely read it. Um, It's like 14 narrators. It's, it's really cool and good and different. And I've never read anything like it. And Sarah, who was, our second guest on the show, the one I read Men We Reaped With, mm-hmm. she actually read it and then she listened to it on audiobook and she said the audiobook is really good because they like act out the different voices. Oh, that is so a really helps, good idea. It helps with the dialect. Yeah, I've heard some people will do both with a book where they'll do audio right. partly and then the text the other part of it or I've even heard of people that listen to the audio while, while looking at the physical it. I've book. heard of this I didn't had no idea someone would do that but yeah. I've heard a lot of people do it I mean I don't know yeah it's inter- it's an it's interesting, interesting like tactic it's like subtitles basically exactly it's, yeah. <laughs> that's amazing um okay so I think I I don't even know if I asked you but I, if I did I interrupted how like how do you get to read 100 books like what are your tactics for tackling because that's about eight books a month give or take Yeah, so I read every day. Um, I try to read during the week at least an hour a day. Hopefully it'll be more than that, but ideally I get an hour a day. It's really my relaxation, self-care, my entertainment. I don't really watch a lot of television. Okay. Books are my go-to rather than Netflix like it is for a lot lot of people. people. Yeah, so that's – and then on the weekends, I'll – I usually will go to a coffee shop or something for a few hours in the morning and read for a couple hours. And, you know, living in L.A., we always have nice weather year-round, so I can always read outside um, at the beach or the pool or whatnot. Um, Really, I think it's just being conscious of setting aside that time for reading and not being on your phone. I know it's hard sometimes. I'll get distracted definitely with my phone. I'm going to read this many pages and then you know, you're on your phone, you're on your but phone. You're yeah. on Instagram. Yeah. You're on Instagram. You're liking and- <laughs> everybody else's reading. <laughs> so I think just making that commitment to reading every day and finding good books is a really big deal for me. Right. If the books aren't really engaging me, then I don't read as much. Um, but I really think picking good books has helped me. Totally. Do you ever put books down? As like, not finished? Yeah. No, not really. If you start a book, you're committed. Yeah, because I feel like 
for me to give it a fair chance, I have to read 50 to 100 pages. And a lot of times at that point, I feel so in it, I might as well just finish it at that point. Even if you don't like it. Even if I don't like it. Because I have had some books where it's taken me not 100 pages, well, probably actually about 100 pages to get into, and then it does completely shift and I end up liking it. So I always kind of have that going in the back of my mind, like maybe it's going to turn here and I will end up liking it and I would regret it if I didn't finish it. So I do kind of feel like I want to give it a fair shot. Um, But as I've found myself having more books that I want to read, I'm considering not doing that and not finishing some books if I really just am not liking it. Yeah. So that's interesting. Yeah. I, I feel like putting books down is hard for me. I usually say like if the book's under 300 pages, I have to read at least 50 to 75. And if it's over, I have to read at least a hundred. And then I'm usually like you, like, I'm just going to finish this. I'm already here. Like, why not? Yeah. You've already invested so much time that it's right. just would and be now, a waste to yeah. not finish. And now I want to finish so I can talk shit about the book to everybody who loves it. And I can be like, oh, you like that book? You're so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> not really, but you know. Yeah. But at least you can say with full confidence right. that you did not like it if you finish right. it. Whereas, like, I finished this book and it was still not that good. Yeah. Because um, some people will be like, well, did you finish yeah. it? And so... Yes, I did. I did. And I still don't like it. Now what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So I just, this is like kind of a weird inside baseball kind of question, but mm-hmm. you've kind of been a presence on Bookstagram, which for those of you who don't know what that is, it's basically like a little corner of Instagram that's focused on books. And like people post pictures about books and they post reviews and they post stacks of books that are like, this is a great stack of books for books about, you know, princesses or whatever. And so you're kind of a, you're a force on there. You've got a lot of followers and like people come look to you and stuff. How did you kind of carve out that niche for yourself? Like how did you start the account and where did that come from? Yeah. So last year, Uh, I mentioned I read 93 books and I kind of was finding myself, I'm reading all these books and I didn't really know anyone who was as voracious of a reader as me, who was reading similarly to me. And I just was like, I'm going to start this Instagram account to post about my books because I want to talk about these books and I have to hope that there are other people out there that care about reading and books as much as I do. And I just started doing it and, you know, started interacting with people and was really happy to see that there are a lot of people out there that care about books and reading and have very similar taste to me or don't have similar taste to me. And it's been very um, eye-opening for me to see the variety of books that I might not have been exposed to before the internet and just being a part of that community has been really cool to see. And, you know, just, it's definitely made me more of a voracious reader, just being, you know, I have so many books now that I want to read that I didn't know about and I want to read them all and I don't have enough time. So it's made me even more of a reader. I think joining the inner like Instagram, which I would have never have thought would have been the case. It's the weirdest. Like you would think social media would take you away from reading, but I'm like, I need to read so that I can talk to my friends about books. Exactly. Because there's some books that a lot of people have read and you hadn't read yet. And you felt like, Oh, all these people are talking about this. I should probably pick that up and see what this is all about to be part of the conversation. Totally. I agree. Um, what's something that people who know you from the book world might be surprised to learn about you? Hmm. I, I don't think I actually really like shared this, but I mean, it's not like shocking, but I love Star Wars 
a oh. lot. Hmm. I don't think people know that about me. I, love, I would never know that. I have like you. Star Wars pajamas. <laughs> I, I got a Death Star popcorn maker for my birthday. Wow. I love like all these nerdy Star Wars things. Like I have like a pancake maker, all this nerdy Star oh, so Wars like thing. Real Star Wars, like full fledged. Yes. Wow. Okay. So, yeah. and I'm kind of considering reading the books because I have never done that. And there are Star Wars books. There are Star Wars books. I had no idea. Yes. So. Do you know that? I've never seen a Star Wars movie. No, I didn't know. Not a single one. I've not seen a single one. So the other thing about Lauren that some people probably know, because it's kind of on your social media, is that you're a big old movie person. Yes. Like like AMC type of gal. Yes. Yes. What's your favorite? Or like oh, two or three of your I favorites? have a few favorites depending on the genre, but I love It Happened One Night with Clark Gable and Claudette Colbert. That's a really great romantic comedy. I don't typically typically watch romantic comedies that are modern as much but back okay. then it's because those were the first of their kind so I just find it so fascinating that we still use those same cliches today sure. from the 30s I also love um Double Indemnity it's a really good noir that I really enjoy with Fred McMurray and um oh Barbara Stanwyck I love Sunset Boulevard. Great movie, especially okay. living in LA because of the hotel in the beginning is still in Hollywood. It's just really cool to see. So I have a lot that I really like. I okay. just am super nostalgic. <laughs> and you just have always liked that since you were a kid. Actually, I just got into it a few years ago. My sister was a film major and kind of exposed oh. me to them. And she first exposed me to Hitchcock. And then I realized there was this whole world, world of movies. And so... I've just one, it's kind of like books where one book will lead to another book where it leads right. to another book, whereas old movies, will lead, one will lead to another, right? to another. No, totally. you should meet my mother-in-law. You guys would get along. She's like a very into old movies. She actually, when we were in New York a few years ago, she made us go on a bus tour, like an AMC bus tour of New York City. And like, she was so into it. It was cool. But, you know, like if you're not, in, I feel if like if you're into, into old movies, you'd be like, oh my God, look, it's that thing. And the person on the bus was like, oh, it's that thing from that movie. And I was like, never even heard of this movie, but thank you. But you should meet her. You guys would like yeah, hit exactly. it off. You guys would totally hit it off. Um, is there any like old movie or just movie in general that you've seen and read the book of and been like, this is great? Like, is there any, like a good adaptation that you love or not really? Um, hmm. I don't think I've read any that I've seen the movie adaptation of. Okay. That are older. Probably just something more recent. Well, yeah. I know one that I know you've there's, read. Oh, I, you do? Which one is that? I know that you've read Gone with the Wind. <laughs> oh, my gosh. How could I forget Gone with the Wind? Because we talked about this. I know. This is like how we connected. Because Lauren and I met on Bookstagram. And I was like, you live in LA and you read Gone with the Wind. Like, should we be friends? <laughs> it was like, yeah, we should probably. And I was like, do you want to come on the show and like talk about Gone with the Wind? And now I gave you your segue oh, and you missed and it. and I totally missed it. Yeah. So I had watched Gone with the Wind first. Me too. Loved the movie. Right. Really long, but loved it. And then... I felt like I should read the book because it's a classic. I think right. it's considered a classic. It definitely, yeah, it definitely is. is. And it's just so huge, though, that I was really intimidated by it because I don't think I had ever read a book that long before. And so at the end of last year, I was I'm going to read this book. I'm going to read this book. So I decided that was going to be my first book this year because it's so big. And I, I just wanted to get it out of the way. And reading it, 
I really liked it at first. I was kind of surprised how accessible the text was. I just because you never know with classics and when it was written how many years ago, if it'll be readable, but it is super readable. It's just really long. And there was a period of time in that book where I felt like it was really long. But then at the end, when it ended, I was super sad when it was over. I was crying, which I didn't expect to happen. Because of the book or because it was over? Because of the book. Okay. Even though I knew it was going to happen. And, uh, I ended up loving that book. Yeah, I, I when I read it, because I, I love the movie. It's something my dad and I used to watch together. I like yeah. love, love, love the movie. And I read the book thinking like, if there's no way it's as good as the movie because you can't see Scarlett's amazing red dress that she wears to Ashley's birthday party. And like, you can't see the curtain dress and you can't see the dress for the picnic. And basically, I only cared about the dresses. And then I read it and I was like, oh my God, I'm going to have to tell people that the book is better than the movie. I don't know if I still feel that way, but I definitely was like, this book is actually... Like, I understand why they made it into a movie because the book is so good. Exactly. Her face is in that movie, too. Her made eyebrows. The movie. I know. That <sighs> made that movie, too, for me and Clark Gable. I'm right. In sure. love with. So, yeah. But the book is really good. The book I think is if good. anyone likes that movie at all, they should read the book. Definitely. I don't, if, even if you like, don't even like the movie, the book is really yeah. good. It's really good. I mean, obviously, it's very problematic, and like yes. I, you know, I have we I've had this conversation before about books that you love that you're kind of like embarrassed about liking because like they're politically, you know, outdated or whatever. And obviously, this book is like as far as the slavery component is like pretty terrible. But as far as a book, it's really it's really entertaining. Right. So I don't know. I'm torn. I can't really you know apologize for the racism because it's clearly in the book, but. If you can get past that, if you think that you can get past it, you should read it. Yeah, that was something I was, it was very apparent while reading. I was like, ooh, that's yeah. not, yeah. Well, okay, someone yeah. said the same thing about, I've never read Little Women. Have you read it? No, I haven't. I've not read it, but I've heard apparently it's like very misogynistic. And someone was like talking about that. And I was thinking like, ooh, I wonder if I would notice it. Like, it would take away from the book. But then I think, like, I read Gone with the Wind and, like, I was fine with it. Right. I try to just have a mindset of this was written this right, during this, this period of time. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and, like, you can critique it, but, you know. It, yeah. You can definitely be like, this is this is bad. bad but <laughs> not a great thing. Yeah. Um, have you – did you see that they're making Little Women another – they're trying – like, Greta Gerwig is going to make another one with Meryl Streep as Marmy? Yeah. I did see that. Are you in or are you out? I've actually never seen a Little Women movie. Oh, yeah, or read oh the book, God. so I actually what? have no idea what you haven't seen the one with Renona Renona Ren- no. Ryder. <laughs> no, I haven't. Oh my I've God, I've never seen the old one either. I like, saw the old one in school and was like, "This is I don't yeah. I'm not super into black and white movies." It's, it's actually my boss's favorite book, but she read it when she was young, and now she's in her 60s, and she just reread it, and she didn't like it as much. Yeah. Because she realized how problematic that book was right. reading it as an adult. And so she said she's not even sure if I would really like it that yeah. much now. You should see the movie with Kirsten Dunst and Winona Ryder and Susan Sarandon. And it's like so oh. good. I love it. And and Christian Bale's in it before he's like a weird person now, like how he is now. He's like so handsome and he plays Laurie. Theodore Lawrence, their next door neighbor. It's so dreamy. Oh my God, you have to watch it. I love that movie. Okay, I'll watch it. I love Susan Sarandon. Yeah, it's really good. It's really good. Well, they're remaking it, and I'm like, kind of not. I'm like, do we really need another Little Women? This one is basically perfect. So yeah. <laughs> leave it alone. That's just my rant about remaking movies that I like. Um, 
Okay, well, I guess that's really all that I have to ask you about you before we get really diving into your reading. Um, But first, we'll do a quick little word from our sponsor. Taking care of your health isn't always easy, but it should be at least simple. That's why for the last three plus years, I have been drinking AG1 every day, no exceptions. It's just one scoop mixed in water once a day, every day, and it makes me feel nourished and strong enough to tackle whatever else might come my way. That's because each serving of AG1 delivers my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre and probiotics, and a lot more. It's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. The nutritional insurance that AG1 provides has been vital to keeping me productive and focused. It helps me cover my bases in just about the time it takes to fill a glass of water, scoop in one scoop of AG1, and then drink it. So I don't know, 75 seconds? With the perfect mix of vitamins, probiotics, and nutrients from Whole Foods, I'm not stuck trying to assemble it all by myself, which would have considerably worse results. AG1 saves me all the time and hassle, and it has made such a difference in my overall mood and especially my gut health, among many other things. But don't take my word for it. Go ahead and try AG1. Let me know what you think. Whether you notice you're needing more nutrient support than you're used to, or you just need an edge for a tough workout, AG1 can be the ticket. If there's one product I had to recommend to elevate your health, it's AG1, and that's why I've partnered with them for so long. If you want to take ownership of your health, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3, K2, and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash the stacks. That's drinkag1.com slash the stacks. Check it out. Okay, let's start. What are two books you love and one book that you hate? Okay, so the two books I love that I wanted to talk about, which I like that it's not my favorites because I have a really hard time picking favorites of anything, let alone books. Of course. So the first one is The Goldfinch by Donna Tartt, which I read earlier this year and just love so much. It's a huge book, so I had put it off for a bit. It's, I think, 800 pages, maybe 900, and it's set in New York, which I love books set in New York, and it starts off with um, the main character, Theo, and his mom go to the Met, I believe, Mm -hmm. or it's either the Met or the MoMA, and um, there's a bombing there, and his mom dies in it, which isn't a spoiler, because it happens really early on in the book, Um, and it's just about his life, and it ends with him in his late 20s, and don't tell us the ending. I'm not going to tell okay. you the ending, but he, um, it's just, he, it's just about his life really. And it's just a great character study of him. And she took on these really big themes of life and do people really change or you just are who you are and just the importance of art in life. And it just is what it's literary fiction. So I know a lot of people joke literary fiction, nothing really happens, which is right. my favorite genre, but um, not mine. <laughs> so, but for me, it wasn't like the plot that stuck out. It was the, the themes and her writing is phenomenal. And just the, the message of the book just has stayed with me and probably will stay with me for the rest of my life. So to me, that's really powerful. Yeah. Um, the other book I wanted to talk about was all grown up by Jamie Attenberg. I've never heard of that. It came out last year. It was, I hadn't really heard about it actually until someone on bookstagram recommended it to me. And I read the synopsis and it's also a book set in New York and it's about 
I think it's a, she's in her late thirties, this woman. And she was an art major in college and she just is in graphic design. So her career is not really, really where she wants it to be. And she doesn't want to get married. She doesn't want to have kids. And, um, it's just, you know, what does a woman, how is a woman seen if she doesn't have the the husband and the kids? So for me, it, the voice was so distinct and honest and funny and real. It just, I could relate to it on so many levels and it's just great to see a story where it's not about getting the guy or, you know, that dream job. It's what are the women who, you know, just have lives just like men do, but they don't get as critiqued for that. So it just, the voice was so good. And I think Roxanne Gay read it too. So anything Roxanne Gay reads and loves, I'm in for. Her good reads is so great. (laughs) Yes, it is really great. So then the book I hate, which I don't have a problem saying this, Thank is you. Girl on the Train by Paula oh. Hawkins. <laughs> yes. Um, I read this a couple years ago when I was when it first came out, and I was still kind of really reading thrillers, and I had read Gone Girl a year or two earlier, and I loved Gone Girl, and how it was being marketed was the next Gone Girl. So I was like, oh, I'm going to read that. I totally bought into that. And... I really did not like <laughs> that book. It, I kind of saw where it was going, and the female character was just so helpless, and it just was not a good look. Like, it, I just give her something to go off of. It sure. was just, she was just waiting for, you know, a guy to help her, and I just really didn't like that at all. And so, um, and it just kind of glorified, you know, like alcoholism. I don't know. It just, and she was yeah. like stalking people. I just, I was not You're into not it into at it. all, at all. No. It's interesting. So. I feel like I saw the movie. I definitely did not read the book. Yeah. I didn't watch the movie. I was going to before reading the book. And then I was like, eh, I'm probably not going to like the movie. If I that, did not like it. was in the Emily Blunt? Yes. Okay. Emily yeah, Blunt. I did see it. And I think the guy was Justin Throw. I wouldn't know who that was if he walked up to me and said, I'm Justin Theroux. I'd be like, who? What's that? The only reason I know him is because he was with Jennifer Aniston. Oh. But that's it. Not Brad Pitt. (laughs) Are you confusing him with Brad Pitt, who I have heard of? Um, Okay. Well, what's the last really great book you read? So the last book, great book I read, which we talked about earlier, not on the podcast, but before we were talking, is A Little Life by Hanya Yanagihara, Mm -hmm. I think is how you say her name. So I read that earlier this week. I had... A lot of people were like, read this book, read this book, but it's, it's really big. And, but everyone's like, it's so depressing. You know, you have to be in the mood for depressing, which, you know, when am I, when is anyone really Really want to be depressed? So I was actually reorganizing my bookshelves last weekend. I know that's how I spend my weekends. This is like, (laughs) apparently people do this a lot. I had no idea. Um, because I had I'd been buying some books and needed to organize it and I didn't finish. And so I do alphabetically and I know people really want to hear how I organize. Well, I do. I have my books. You can see they're like on rainbow shelves. I have like a black shelf, a white shelf. And then in the other room I have rainbows. That looks so cool. I just feel like I would have a hard time finding the books I'm looking for, but like it looks amazing. So I didn't finish. So Yana Gahara is at the end. So it was just on my floor. And so, (laughs) and it was staring and I was like, 
it was just kind of staring at me. I was like, I think I'm going to read that now because people have been telling me to read it and I just need to know what is this all about. And I did love it. It's great. Uh, it is really sad. sad. I thought for the first half I was tough enough to handle it yeah. and then I was wrong. So it was it was just so heartbreaking, but it's definitely one of those books. If someone asked me, should I read it? I feel weird yeah. recommending it because of the content in totally. it is there's trauma and there's a lot of trigger yeah. warnings for stuff. Yeah. So there's a lot people, of disclaimers. Yeah. People, people have asked me and I usually say like, if you are in a good personal mental space, like your life is like going okay, you could probably read it. But like if you're going through a breakup or like someone's recently passed away in your life or like you're trying to get sober or something like I just wouldn't advise it because it's like kind of dark and heavy and like it puts a lot of weight on the person. And then I also generally say like you're going to cry and it's going to be sad. And if you're like okay with that, that's fine. But it is one where I'm like, you know, if you have issues with anything because it brings up all the issues don't read it yeah it definitely leans into the sadness it doesn't really hold back at yeah. all with yeah, that totally so but I had never felt that emotionally attached to characters before in a book yeah I was talking about it at work and my coworkers were looking at me like they're not big crazy. readers over there they're not real big readers there so they didn't know what I was talking about do they know that you're a big reader yes and do they like think you're weird no, they don't think I'm weird, but for Christmas, I did give them all a book and okay. they weren't surprised by that whatsoever. Okay. Do they come to you and ask like book recommendations or not even, they don't even care. Yes. My boss actually is a pretty voracious reader. Um, not as much as me, but she does love reading. And so actually I think almost every book she's read this year has been something I've given her, let her borrow or she, or it's a recommendation I gave her. So she's read pretty much the same books I've been reading, just not as fast of a pace, but sure. Cause we read very similarly. Okay. That's yeah. nice to have mm-hmm. someone who, well, who, who you can pass your recommendations yeah. on and see if they <laughs> stick. Like, Ooh, how do you like this one? Um, okay. What's, well, what are you currently reading? So I'm actually about to start this little book called convenience store woman by Sayaka Murata. It's, um, It's a little book. It's less than 200 pages. It's actually, she's a Japanese author, and it's her first novel, I believe, that has been translated into English. And it's about a woman who, well, it starts when she's a little girl in Japan, and she doesn't really fit in. So her parents encourage her to get a job at a convenience store um, because in Japan, convenience stores are a huge part of their culture, and um, they hope it's going to help her with her social skills and stuff. And then it I think what happens is it jumps ahead to when she's in her late thirties and she's still working at that same convenience store. Uh, So it's another unconventional woman story where, and her parents want her to get married and have children. So you like an unconventional woman. Yes, I do very much. (laughs) And do you read more than one book at a time? I actually don't really, I, I keep trying, but it never works out because I just feel like I can't give my full attention and I'll get confused. It's just like, I'll start one and then I'll just go to something else and then just finish it and then go back to that. So right. it's like, not really. I That's how read. I am. Yeah. I, I, as I like to say, I'm a one book pony. Yeah. So, you know, just, just the one book. Yeah. Cause I feel like also if you pick up something else, then I'm thinking about the other book and like, Oh, I just want to know what happens with this person. So I'm like, why wouldn't I just spend the time reading the one book? Exactly. If I'm willing to pick up another book, 
there's probably something I'm not really liking about the other one. Right. Exactly. What it is. Exactly. But like my husband will put different books in different parts of the house. Like he has his like bedroom book and like his couch book and like a book in his bag that he takes with him to work. So he like reads three different books like regularly because they're in three different rooms that's kind of cool so he like thinks spatially like I in guess, this room i, I can think know. about this yeah book. like his bed book is like his nighttime book and like i don't know i don't get it i just carry yeah. my books i just walk around with a book in my hand everywhere i go exactly i always think maybe i could try some huge biography or nonfiction while reading fiction but it's just i can't I, yeah i'm with you yeah. i can't do it i can't figure it out yeah um what are some books maybe that are coming up for you that you're looking forward to reading so a book that's coming out later this month that I'm really excited about is The Incendiaries by R.O. Kwan. Oh, yes. Yes. Is this, I, yes. I've, okay. I've seen this. this it's cover, got a great cover. Yes. Great cover. And it's about a cult, actually. And it's oh a God. debut novel. So I'm here for it. That's all my things. Good cover yeah. and a cult. I yes. love it. And also I'm excited to read because I've seen good things about it. I was a little hesitant about it. Um, a place for us, the book that is from Jer- Sarah Jessica Parker's oh, yes. imprint. It's the first one, and I've heard it really good things about it. So I'm hopefully going to be reading that pretty soon. Okay, you have to let me know because I know it's. I think it's like kind of fictiony. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a family story. I think yeah. about a, a wedding and get a little yeah, nervous about that kind of stuff. A little fictiony. Um, what else am I excited about? I don't remember the author on this one, but it's called My Year of Rest and Relaxation. I've heard a lot Ooh. of good things about it. It comes out, I think, this next week. And there's a book coming out in August called The Air You Breathe, or The okay. Air We Breathe. It's one of those. Okay. It's coming out from Riverhead. I know that. And it's a Brazilian author, and it's set in Brazil, and it's a French female friendship story, and it cool. sounds really captivating to me. So cool. I'm really excited about that one, too. And just so. for everybody at home, I'll put everything in the show notes with links or whatever. So if the title is a little bit off, we'll fix it. Um, I love Riverhead. They're me too. a great publisher. They are my favorite. They're my favorite. Well, I, th- I don't know. I I just feel like yeah. when I pick up a book and I'm like, this book was so great. And then I look at it. I'm like, oh my God, it's Riverhead. I feel like Riverhead and Little Brown. Yes. Riverhead, I think a lot of their new releases this year, I've picked up a lot of them. The Ensemble mm-hmm. by Asia Gable was one from last month that was really good. Um, the Female Persuasion by Meg Wolitzer was a really good oh, one. that's them. Um, Brief History yes, is that's one. Them. Yes, Exit West. Exit West. Yeah, they them. like they just they had a great post the other day about um, like with the whole child separation thing, and then like with Justice Kennedy, and like people were really upset. They had this great post where they had a huge stack of books that they'd published, and it was like. And it was like all these diverse authors and stories and fiction and nonfiction and all this. And it was like, we're here. We're going to keep telling your stories. Like, here we are. This is Riverhead. And I was just like, that's awesome. Because you really, like, they didn't have to reach back to books from 10 years ago. Like, they really are publishing women and people of color and just, like, stories that I feel like are really good. And also, like, quality. Yeah, that's why I love them so much because of the diversity you see in their authors and the stories that they're telling. Uh, What It Means When a Man Falls from the Sky, that Mm. short story collection, also Riverhead. So... Yeah, I haven't ever really been dis- disappointed, disappointed in their books at all. Well, oh, wait, I have. Oh, I think I know I when just you're... <laughs> read. Okay, people are like, we always want to hear more from Tracy. Well, guess what? You're about to hear from me. I just read a book from Riverhead called The Line Becomes a River. 
by Francisco Cantu, and it's about immigration in America, and he is a Border Patrol agent who writes a memoir, and it is garbage. I hated this book, and the writing is like fine or whatever, but I found the book to be journalistically irresponsible. I thought that he made himself the victim, and I'm like, you're the victim guy because you have PTSD for a job that you took on so that you could write a book about it. Like, it just was so, I, it makes me so mad. When I finished the book, I was like calling everybody I know, like, have you read this? We need to talk about this book, and it's garbage. Like, I'm texting friends being like, you haven't read it, but I'm gonna tell you about it anyways because I don't want you to buy it. And I rarely feel that way about books that I'm like, feel like I can't believe it even got published, but I was really mad. And then I was like, this can't be Riverhead. Like what's happened here? And people love it. Like NPR loved it. And like, ugh, just that's my vent. That's my book I hate right now slash my book that is making me angry. Um, but you know, enough about me. Uh, <laughs> but that's the only Riverhead book I've ever read that I've been like, you're trash. Yeah. I haven't read that one. Don't I, read it. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably not. If you want it. a great book about immigration here, I'll plug some books. Little Brown has a book called The Devil's Highway. And it was written in 2004 about an event that happened in 2001. And it's amazing. Uh, co- Coffee House Press or something. Yes. That's- they have Tell Me How It Ends. Tell Me How It Ends. It's this teeny tiny book. It's about immigration. It's amazing. The Far oh, Away I- Brothers by Lauren Markham. Also amazing. Three books. Amazing about the U.S.-Mexico border, even though Far Away Brothers and Tell Me How It Ends also about like Honduran, Guatemalan, and El Salvadorian people who are coming. But those books are really good and they're compassionate and they're not all one-sided and they, you know, are compassionate only to people, the migrants, but also to the border patrol agents and like that situation. Whereas I found the line becomes a river to be like, oh, border patrol has it so bad. And like, not that they don't, but like there's a bigger picture and you know, that's my soapbox for the week. Um, hi Lauren, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> I'm your host, Trace Thomas. So, um, okay. So since we just shit all over that book, um, do you want to maybe, let's make it a little more positive. Maybe do you want to tell me a book that you like to recommend to people? Yes. So I've talked about this book for a really long time after finishing it. I was considering it being one of the ones I love because I do love it. It's Pachinko by Min Jin oh, Lee. I love this that book. I've heard is real It's fiction. powerful. It's real fiction. It's real fiction. It's real fiction. <laughs> Beautiful writing, a huge family saga, generational novel that I just love. And I unfortunately had no idea the relationships between the Koreans and Japanese in Japan. And it was so eye-opening and it just stuck with me for so long. It's, I still think about it and I read it in September of last year. Oh, wow. It's, it's really powerful. So anytime someone is looking for a really good fiction, I've been recommending that one because it's beautifully written and it's just generational. So it keeps you really engaged and, it is sad, but it wasn't overwhelmingly sad. Okay. So, And then what about a good book that someone recommended to you? Actually, it was by you, Tiny Beautiful Things by Cheryl oh, Strayed. So I good. finally read it and loved it. So good. It's so good. I loved how, the format of it because it was super quick to read. Right. And it was kind of, I read it at a good time where I was 
you know, wanted some some life advice. Some life advice sure. was willing to listen to Cheryl Strayed. So, dear sugar, so good. So, she has a podcast. You know, it's called Dear Sugars. Yes, plural. I did know. I haven't listened to it yet. Is it good? I haven't listened either. I just yeah. discovered I, when I discovered it. I got on my bookstagram and I was like, Why didn't you people tell me about this? <laughs> Why are you keeping this from me? But it's I her and another. Listen. So yeah, yeah the guy who her. writes the intro to Tiny Beautiful Things. He was the sugar before her. Oh, and, and that's so who it's it the is. The two of them being oh, sugar cool. together, and they have guests on. Oh, I lied. I did listen to one episode. I listened to the episode with Morgan Jerkins, the woman who wrote. Yes, um, this will be my this undoing. Will be my undoing. She had an episode, and it was like all about anger. Mm-hmm. And it's basically just the book, but like more recent questions because that book was written before, or the she was sugar before Wild ever came out. Right, that was yeah. something I didn't really know I didn't really know too much about her because I haven't read wild or anything like that and so yeah I didn't know she was doing that whole thing before and thought they were from kind of a long time ago yeah I really like the book I think it's like what I like about it is that any I feel like anybody can read it and get something from it exactly anyone could take away something like some of them are gonna resonate and some aren't but like the ones that do are gonna really resonate yeah um let's see do you oh wait I want it this is what I want to know how do you pick your next book so I'm a mood reader okay very heavily like I don't set a monthly these are the books I'm gonna read this month I really kind of go with what my gut tells right. me which is not very scientific but I have some like in my brain that I'm like I want to get to these sooner rather than later okay. so I do primarily read fiction, but I do kind of get fiction burnout where I'm just need some nonfiction. So I will, I'll read a nonfiction or two, but then I'm always back to my fiction. (laughs) But, um, yeah. So after a little life, you know, I didn't really want to read something that was super sad again. So that's why I'm picking up something that's a little more light. Right. But right. I still, I, I do read mostly sad books, but sometimes I need a little bit of a break. So yeah, yeah. I feel that. Um, and what is like, are there goals? I know you have the hundred books this year, mm-hmm. but are there other kind of goals that you do for yourself for reading or nothing as qualitative as that? or quantitative, I should say, but more, I'm always trying to read primarily books by women, women of color, people of color, people from different, just different backgrounds. It could be anything, you know, sexual identity, um, you know, all over the world, like just not from America, from other countries and stuff. So, because one of the reasons I love reading is that it teaches me so much and really, you know, makes me more empathetic to others. Mm -hmm. And I think it's universal, our feelings about things. And that's, it's just really amazing that someone in, you know, a completely different country that I've never been to can feel, you know, what they're feeling through their words. Sure. Well, that's the thing that's so nice about books. It's like, you get to see how other people either the same or different, like culturally, like how things are done or how people relate to one another or how the same person could look at something that you're looking at and be like total, the total opposite way. Like it's just is such a nice way for perspective and exactly. Yeah. I, yeah, to- yeah, it I totally really agree. helps with perspective. I know, you know, movies and TV can also do that, but I feel like they're a little more limiting to books because books you're right. usually, if it's fiction, you're in someone's head and sure. you can 
and less people have their hand in books I feel exactly I don't feel like it's as catered they're trying to sell you sure but it's like with a with a movie you have the script which was written by a handful of people mm-hmm. or it was adapted from a book and then a handful of people edit it and they create the movie and then you have the director's take on it and the cinematographer's take and the actor's take on their character and it's like all of a sudden it's a totally different thing based on other people's opinions whereas a book it's like you have the book and I'm sure the editors are involved and like you know the friends might give their critique but it really is a more pure form of someone's view of the world yeah it's definitely a more singular story being told because you hear a lot with movies the actors will say oh I had no idea how it was going to turn out until they actually saw it but we're an author I'm pretty sure they know well, right. How it's going to be. I mean, they get there eventually. They, get there they eventually. figure out the ending. Yeah, they're in the editing process, but it's it's going to be their point of view pretty much at the end of the day. So yeah. It's funny that you say that you like to read women and people of color and stuff because the book that we're reading is written by a white guy from like Indiana, which is totally not my thing either. But I mean, it's also important, I think, to also read books. Men are human, unfortunately. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Men are human yeah. and they tell stories. So like I'm the, the book we're talking about is called Reincarnation Blues and it's the book we'll be talking about next week. But um, it's written by this guy, Michael Poor, and he's like this white dude from Indiana. However, I feel like he has he has been reincarnated from a different life because he's got some like pretty interesting thoughts, which we'll get to next week. Yeah, I thought it was kind of interesting too because I hadn't read a book by a white male in a while and I was like you know but I think yeah they're human too everyone's equal and I think it's equal representation yeah well (laughs) because I actually have one of my favorite authors is probably not what people would expect it's Hemingway so which is right yeah that's like classic white guy book classic white guy book oh my god that's so funny yeah um are there, well, we talked about a little bit about genres that you love, which are like literary fiction. Is there any that you don't really like? Um, well, also with literary fiction, I also love memoir. That's my okay. favorite nonfiction genre, okay. which I didn't really discover until a few years ago. I just, mm. because they don't really teach you that in high school and I wasn't no. an English major in college and I discovered that and I, I love memoir and, you know, short story collections as well. Is there um, a memoir that sticks out to you that you love? a lot yes year of magical thinking <gasps> by too. joan didion mm. that's another book i would recommend to anyone i, I you can't recommend it to anyone well it's yeah sad. you can't yeah it's like it's best if you've if you've grieved in your life but you're not currently grieving i think but maybe right. if you were you'd like it i don't right. know right yeah definitely if you're not current if you're currently grieving that's might not be hard. a good book probably to pick up but also hunger by roxane gay was a really oh, powerful I one i haven't read that yet it's it's also very heavy and sad um i've never read any of her stuff i read articles but i've never read a single one of her books yeah i love her i have to do it i know everybody <laughs> loves her i have to do it um okay and so the oh. fiction or the genres i don't like oh I yes that's, yeah oh, very important so i don't really read thrillers i used to when i was younger but i just kind of felt like that wasn't really what I was looking to get out, getting out of my reading anymore. I will occasionally pick them up if someone who has similar taste to me recommends it. Um, also, I don't really read romance a lot, but I, once again, if someone who reads similar to me, but is like this one book, you know, I think you'll actually like it. I'll give it a chance. So I'm not adverse to it, but um, it's not, aren't those you. aren't in science fiction. Isn't another one is yeah. another one. I wouldn't really pick I up. Um, okay. 
You're going to give me all four of these in a row. Here we go. Okay. Book that made you laugh, cry, angry, and where you learned a lot. Okay. So the book that made me laugh is The Pisces by Melissa Broder. I had not laughed out loud at a book in a while. And I was laughing. (laughs) Like thinking about it, I'm laughing. Her voice is just so strong strong and distinct and hilarious. And just she does not hold back. That book, I loved that book. But it's definitely not for everyone. But I loved that book. You loved it. Yeah. So book that made me cry, Little Life by Hanya Yudara. We did that. Um, (laughs) And Angry. Angry. So Angry... Yes, this book also because I just straight up did not like it was Trenton Makes by Tadzio Cole. I don't really know how to say it. It, It's a new book. I think it came out a few months ago and I really, it dealt with, I'm not even sure really what it was trying to do, but there was sexual assault in it and just the way that was handled, I really just made me really mad and I just hated that book. And so I was mad. I wasted my time. time. Sure. Okay. And what's a book where you learned a lot? This one I read a long time ago, but it's one of the ones I've learned the most is Bad Feminist by Roxane Gay. Mm. That essay collection, I learned so much from that. Just I have to get exposing. Like, yeah, she's great. Her, I recommend her nonfiction over the fiction okay. she's written. Difficult Women is her fiction. It, yeah, it's a short story collection. It's good, oh. but her nonfiction, which is funny because she says she thinks of herself as a fiction writer interesting and she also i did read an untamed state by Mm -hmm. her and i think that was her first novel and it's she's writing the screenplay for the movie right now actually but that's it was good it's very heavy it's about a girl who goes back to haiti and is kidnapped and so it's about her kidnapping i gotta do it okay you're gonna keep me to it um okay what's a book that you're proud feel proud about having read um so we kind of already talked about one and I really was just because the length I was proud of myself for reading Gone with the Wind mm-hmm. because it was so long sure. and I hadn't really read a book that long before and then another one when I was younger I was really proud of it at the time was Candide by Voltaire mm-hmm. <laughs> I had to write a paper on it and okay. I actually read it and liked it that was <laughs> shocking like, what is this I'm enjoying this I mean and then I another one I guess I'm proud but it, I did not like it was the stranger by albert camus or camus oh uh, yeah. yeah i didn't like it but i but you're proud at least can you say it. i can re- i've read, read it, it. Yeah, so totally yeah what about a book that you're um that you're embarrassed that you've read that i have read yeah twilight series oh. i read that is that the true answer school? yeah because you told me before before we recorded i was like oh you know what about a book you're embarrassed about you know do you feel like you have an answer to that? She's like, I have two answers. One that I'm going to say, but there's another one that's real. Oh, that was the one that I have not oh, read yet. Okay. What's the book that you're embarrassed about having not read? That's the one I want to hear. This is the juicy one, it's guys. It's so embarrassing. I told someone this, they were like, you need to read it. To Kill a Mockingbird. It's not embarrassing. I don't even <laughs> like that book. Someone made me, or I've, people have like made me feel, I, well, they don't make me feel guilty. I just let myself feel right, guilty about right. it, but I really need to read it, I think. But another one author that I haven't really read but it's just once again like an old white dude that I'm like I guess I'll get there eventually is John Steinbeck Um, I haven't read like Grapes of Wrath or East of Eden which I've heard a lot of good things about but I'm still kind of not 100% sold on him I read of Mice and Men and was that was good that was good I will give him that but those books are huge and so no thanks yeah Um, look don't you don't have to read To Kill a Mockingbird either I'm here for all the no shame about books you've never read like I took 
people need to get off other people's backs. Like, just let me read at my own pace what I want to read. I'll let you know when I read To Kill a Mockingbird. I'll I'll let you know how I feel about it. Like, that's how I feel. Yeah, I was <laughs> supposed to read it in high school, but I was one of those in high school when you told me to read something. Yeah. I just couldn't do that's it. That's how I am. I mean, I did read it in high school, yeah. and I was like, this isn't even that good. I don't get it. <laughs> I wonder if I went back and I read it if I would like it, but... I don't know. Yeah. I don't, you don't need to feel guilty about that. I'm here to tell you you're okay. You, <laughs> you've survived. Um, speaking about books from high school, what's a favorite book from your childhood? The Giver by Ugh. Lois Lowry. Yes. I love that book. Read it in fifth grade for the first time. Loved it. And then I had it. to read it again in ninth grade, I think, and loved it. And then I think I just read it again when the movie was coming out, which that movie was disappointing. I didn't see it. Yeah, it was disappointing. But yeah. love that book. So good. So. What about a book um, where you saw yourself reflected back? Uh, recently sweet bitter by stephanie dandler okay i loved that book um not necessarily you know she was a waitress in new york i don't have that experience but just her feelings about being in her 20s and not really knowing who she is or what she's doing with her life and guys and all that kind of stuff i saw myself reflected back in that regard so yeah um you mentioned hemingway what other favorite authors so Roxane Gay, okay. Joan Didion, uh-huh. Jacqueline Woodson. What did she, what's, what are. Oh, Brown Girl Dreaming, uh, If You Come Softly, Another no, Brooklyn. Uh, Brown Girl Dreaming is a middle grade novel, which okay. it's, but it's so profound to me that I read it just last year and it's written, I think, in free verse. It's the writing is beautiful. Oh, I've heard of it. It's this. so good. I love that book. Um, and another Rebecca Solnit is another nonfiction okay, yeah. author that I love as yeah. well. So, yeah. Um, okay. This is my New York Times question that I stole. What's one book you would recommend to the president? I was thinking about this question for a while because I know some people have gone, you know, children's books because, yeah. So, but the one I actually <laughs> thought of though first, but I don't know if he would actually be receptive to any of it, is Men Explain Things to Me by Rebecca Solnit oh. because that's all about mansplaining sure. and... I think it would be good for him to read. I don't know if he would want to read it necessarily, but that's what I would. The want question him to. isn't what the, <laughs> is he gonna read. The question is what are you recommending to him. So that's what I would recommend. Um, okay, and what about a book that you want to have turned into a TV show or movie? So, The Goldfinch I want, but it is they just filmed it, so I'm pretty excited oh, okay. for that one. Uh, I read The Immortalist earlier this year, mm-hmm. and I think that'll that would make a really good limited series. I The book was good. I think it could be a really good show. So I'm excited. To, I think they've picked it up already. Oh, so amazing. Yeah. Um, you read so much stuff current. Yes. You do a good job of reading things as they come out. Yes, but I like to try to read older stuff older too. Stuff. Yeah. What do they call that? Back? Backlist. Backlist. <laughs> I'm like, you mean just a book that's not brand new. Yes. Anyways, it's so weird. Um, okay, so I have my last little thing, and you're probably familiar with this from Bookstagram, the Diversify Books Challenge. Yes. Okay, so basically what it is, for those of you who aren't familiar, is I'm going to ask Lauren for five books. She's just basically going to tell me the title, maybe a little bit about them, um, and they're just books to help people start thinking about books that haven't come out this year necessarily, or books that are written by people of color, or women of or women, or whatever it is, uh, people who are on the L- in the LGBTQ community, whatever it is, um, it's just an opportunity to kind of talk about books that maybe aren't always centered, even though this whole episode has kind of been about books by women or and about women, but still, we're going to do it anyways. So the first one is a book you love from before your days on social media. 
Um, I know why the cage bird sings by Maya Angelou. I love that book. Amazing. Did you wait, hold on. I'm pausing. Did you do the diversify books challenge on Instagram, on bookstagram when it came out? I don't think I did. Okay. I wasn't sure. I would say if you did, we can also link to your post. I'll look okay. and see just in yeah. case. Um, okay. A book you love by a person of a different ethnicity from you. Uh, homegoing by Yaw Jesse. I yes. loved that book. So good. That's a really common one that came up in the diversify books thing. Yeah. It's amazing. It's Another amazing. family novel. That's just really good. Really good. Um, let's see a book that you are looking forward to reading by or about people of color. Men We Reaped by Jasmine Ward. I'm probably reading that very soon and I'm excited. Yeah, and then you can go back and listen to episode four with me and Sarah. Talk all about it. Um, A book you love that you rarely hear people talk about. Uh, If You Come Softly by Jacqueline Woodson. I loved that one. Okay, I have to check that out. And then a book you loved from a genre that you don't normally read and then whatever that genre is. Kindred by Octavia Butler. I think it's technically science fiction. So yeah. I don't really read science fiction, but I loved that book. So good. Yeah, really good. So good. I read it this year too, and I was like, I like this. Yeah, that I was reading it. I was like, I really like this whole concept. Yeah. It, but because it's, it's not, not science fiction. Yeah. Like there's no like, you know, right there's no aliens (laughs) yeah that's why I wasn't sure if it was technically considered that but I guess with the time travel it is it's sci-fi it's also like Afrofuturism yes it's really good and kind of historical fiction yeah it's a lot yeah it's a lot of genre bending yeah that's a thing totally yeah I'm I want to read Parable of the Sower have you read that yet no but I want to it's on my list after reading Kindred and everyone's like I like Parable of the Sower more and I was like okay fine I'll try yeah it. it's a there's two of them Parable there's of, three. Oh, there's three. there's Parable of the Sower and then Talents other ones. sure I'll is just one of put them. them all in the show notes when I look them up <laughs> I just my friend was like you need an intern who just tells you when you're wrong I was like that would be fun <laughs> Nobody wants that. Um, okay, well, that does it for us this week. Unless I'll let you have the last word. If you have anything else you want to just mention or any books that you just have to like gush over before we get out of here. Um, I think I could have gushed over my most recent favorite. So I'm okay. good. But you thank feel, you, you so much. Gushed out. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so we'll be back next week to talk about Michael Poore's book, Reincarnation Blues. Um, it's it's a really interesting book about reincarnation duh because the title's like pretty obvious and just life and why we're here on this planet or any other planet I don't know it's it's cool it's kind of science fictiony it's kind of just it's an interesting story um so check it out Michael Poor. it's reincarnation blues um and we'll be back next week with Lauren and I and that's it we'll see you guys in the stacks All right, that does it for us this week here at The Stacks. Thank you guys so much for listening. And of course, thank you to our guest, Lauren Fanella. Lauren will be back next week to discuss Reincarnation Blues by Michael Poor. Make sure you read the book before you listen next week because there will be a ton of spoilers. Please make sure that you're subscribed to the show wherever you listen and rate and review us. It really helps. It goes a long way. And don't forget, you can become a member of the Stacks Pack by going to patreon.com slash the Stacks. Thank you so much for listening. Our graphic designer is Robin McCrite. Our theme music is Tagiragis. And this show was created and produced by me, Tracy Thomas.